Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, Americans, and hello, my friend. That uh, uh, story of the uh, uh, cruise ship there is a sad illustration of the smarter we get, the dumber we get. We live theoretically in an ever more technical world where uh, we've figured everything out and can write code to handle every task, where we have uh, so perfected technology that uh, uh, life is, uh, uh, is supposed to be a piece of cake. But we have situations uh, repeatedly where our highfalutin technology ends up biting us right in the butt. Uh, These two Boeing 737 MAX 8s which have crashed are tragic, heartbreaking evidences of that. In both situations, uh, uh, pilots were apparently overruled by machines who thought they knew better. Machines that flew uh, aircraft loaded with people into the ocean or or into the ground. And in the situation of the cruise ship, um, the engine... Uh, the operating systems on the engine of the uh, uh, vessel uh, were programmed in such a way as to make the interests of the engine paramount. As you heard, uh, uh, lubrication was low, and I hear that can be a problem. Um, But the deal was that in preserving the engine, they endangered the people, which I guess is a good idea if you insure the engine but not the people. But in every other situation, the appropriate call, of course, is, well, then we're going to burn out the friggin' engine, but we are going to keep this vessel under power so that we might protect people from injury or death, right? I mean, I've never actually been the captain of an ocean-going vessel. In fact, I've never been in charge of anything larger than a kayak. Uh, some canoeing uh, back in the Scoutmaster days. But I think that's what you do. We can buy a new engine. Uh, we can't buy new people. And when folks uh, come aboard, uh, we take responsibility for their lives, and we will preserve those lives at all costs. Um, and yet, somebody had some piece of software somewhere that said, oh, we're going to have to uh, uh, shut this down. And so it was that with lives in danger, uh, the boat or some line of code somewhere uh, protected the engine. Uh, it's something about uh, lubricants. I'm not a, a, a bright man, uh, but I tend to drive cars with, you know, 200,000 miles on them or something like that. And I am familiar with the oil light. I, 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 I think I'm, I, I know a little bit about lubrication. Basically, when the red light comes on, now hold on, I'm about to share with you an automobile maintenance tip, which may be useful to you in your own lives. See, at this program, we'd like you to uh, take something away. I mean, uh, other than just the feeling of disgust uh, that, that you feel listening to me typically, but useful tips, useful tips. When the oil light comes on, I stop at some point in the not-too-distant future at a convenience store where I walk in 
uh, it, it, it walk around the people standing in line to buy scratch-offs. And I go to where they will have, you know, a couple of three or four varieties of uh, uh, motor oil. I will say, dang, I know it's one because it comes in different like viscosities or weights or something. that Don't ask me. Don't ask me. But it's like 10W30, 10W40, uh, Breaker 19.19. I don't know. But uh, uh, 10.4, I think, is one. I don't know. But I, I have to, which one do I buy? And again, you may not want to apply this, but I find you can buy any kind except like chainsaw uh, oil. And you take it out and there's a thing under the hood on your car and you unscrew it and you pour the oil in there. And then you put the cap back on and uh, you know, try to get the oil off your fingers. And then you drive away and the oil light isn't on anymore. So, you know, if I am in command of an ocean-going vessel and the oil light comes on, insufficient lube, I think probably um, the people in the engine room, do they still have them? Like Scotty on the, on the Enterprise? As as I read naval history, the history of naval warfare particularly, I think that uh, the folks who are below decks running the engine and other stuff like that are often pretty competent at their job. And I'd say, hey, engine room, you're low on lube. Is there any way to address that problem? Uh, again, not an expert, did not take uh, auto shop uh, in school, really should have. But But my sense is that probably... Someone who is rated to be an engineer aboard an ocean-going vessel, they they probably come up with that. They they faced that before, right? Anyway, I'll leave it alone. The the video from that cruise ship, and this is a, a tangential topic. Forgive me, and no one woke up this morning wanting to talk about this cruise ship. But you know, you see the um, uh, that that vessel listing dramatically being blown over in the wind and you know that I again that doesn't look very good to me when they bring out the coast guard and are evacuating people via helicopter that probably means that your prognosis is not great here's one other observation i would make and and maybe you know better about this than i but every time they have one of these you know cruise ship gets hit by a giant wave um, or we had to put on our life jackets. Um, and the asters are over there. Uh, the poor Irish are locked up below decks. But uh, anytime that they, they, they show that video uh, from different boats, you see the furniture going flying this way and that as the boat lists. I, uh, again, uh, am not an ocean-going man. Uh, but... In my mind, I would think on a boat, you would want to bolt things to the floor, right? I, would, I don't think you would want stuff flying around. One, because chairs and tables that are, you know, being thrown this way and that by a heavy sea, those are missiles or projectiles which could hit people and hurt them. And probably, you know, what with, you know, civil liability being what it is, you want to keep injured people on, on, on the down low, number one. Number uh, two, I think that one of the dangers that occurs when a vessel starts going back and forth, uh, left and right, 
uh, port and starboard, whatever that means. I think port is a type of wine. Is that right? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, it was popular with winos back in the day when we had winos, you know what I'm saying, before they invented uh, uh, opioids. But um, what happens is things shift. And so if you lurch left, um, things shift left. And what that does is it exacerbates the physics of the problem. And all of a sudden, um, you're kind of heavy on one side. And, and, and that's the side where momentum is carrying you. And that's not a great um, equation. I think we can move beyond physics. There are other things going on in the uh, world. Uh, yesterday, you'll recall, and forgive me for troweling through old news, but I have been kind of dumbfounded by this. Dave Smith mentioned that that uh, historic spacewalk, uh, the first one with just women, was called off because the people at NASA uh, neglected to send a spacesuit that fit, right? Um, as I've thought about that, I've just been astounded at the incredible incompetence of those friggin' idiots. And in the course of my lifetime, and again, I am 59 years of age. I mean, I can still take you, obviously. And a lot of the crazy cat women, that type, find me very attractive, very attractive. Uh, especially those who's, you know, with the, the cataracts or the glaucoma, but, uh, or the, the poor prescription that needs to be updated. But I have been alive a little while. And in the early portion of my life, uh, when I was a little boy, NASA was the friggin' cat's pajamas. That was the hottest, coolest, right stuff thing there was, right? I was a little kid, and we flew to the moon, right? We went up there, looked at its backside, came back. Next time, we sent up people to land there, walk around, steal some of their rocks, hop back on the boat, and get home safely. We had one boy up there hit a golf ball, never did find it, Right? Uh, that was the right stuff. That was America walking tall and talking proud. But over the years since, NASA, I mean, we fell in love with the space shuttle, which was like, I don't know, it, it was a bus that went up to very low space orbit. I mean, not really in space. And it went up and down and up and down and up and down. And they grew tomato seedlings and zero gravity. And, uh, you know, people for the TV cameras did somersaults, and we thought that was the swellest thing. Hi, astronaut John Doe will be talking to elementary school kids in Dubuque today. Wow, yeah, that's worth billions of dollars. Um, and it just got, they got more and more incompetent. It came to a, a head under Obama, remember, when seriously uh, NASA was tasked to show uh, the contribution of Muslims to the understanding of the cosmos. What? I mean, that's not an exaggeration. You've heard the story. You know it. And, and increasingly, it seems like, you know, we couldn't find our head with a flashlight. Uh, and I know that's not how that saying goes. But in this situation, you had this thing you wanted to do for Women's History Month, uh, for these two astronauts. You wanted to send these two out on a task. Okay, fine. That's great, whether it's because you want to wave the I am woman, hear me roar, or I hope it's because these two particular astronauts had some particular skills that would be particularly useful uh, on, this, on this spacewalk. Or maybe you wanted to give them experience or teach them, for, prepare them for future responsibilities. Whatever, a lot of, you know, these are the two you want, great. 
if Susie Q and Betty Bob are going to go out there and walk in space, outstanding. What a great adventure. Can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> Only kidding. Don't tell me I'm not that interested. But how can you plan this without sending the appropriate equipment for those specific individuals? That's idiocy at the first level, right? How dumb do you get? And I'm tired of like, I, I like America. I remember America where we got it right. But we kind of been, you know what I'm saying? We haven't been hitting the long ball lately. 421-9797. Time for traffic and weather on 570 WSYR. Welcome back, friends. Uh, Mexico, uh, not the cool town uh, by Oswego that makes uh, Grandma Brown's baked beans. But it turns out that apparently there's a whole country named Mexico. I, uh, the things you learn in my business, we have to learn a lot of stuff. It's, it's high knowledge, high knowledge environment, but apparently there's a country named Mexico and they don't make beans. In fact, apparently they fry them once and that's not enough. So they have to re fry them. I don't know what that's about. Can I stop before we go to the nation of Mexico? You know that refried beans aren't fried at all. Not even once. Yeah. So what's with the name? Okay. Also, uh, you should know that I'm on a, on a diet. I started three weeks ago today, and I've lost 20 pounds. I've been going at it pretty good. But I have been having odd, intrusive food fantasies. Pretty much everything that has crossed my lips has uh, crossed my mind. Uh, no, no, I have uh, random food thoughts come into mind. Uh, it, it, what's it say? Uh, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you've heard what it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, whoever has looked upon a woman to lust after her in his heart, uh, looked on a woman to lust after her, has committed adultery with her in his heart. Let me just say, I have committed adultery with a lot of food over the last three weeks, an awful lot. Right now, it's refried beans. To the point, Mexico has sent a letter, its new president, who is kind of a leftist, has sent a letter to Spain and to the Pope demanding an apology for Spanish and Catholic colonization of Mexico. You came over here and you screwed over the Indians, and we don't like that, and it's about time you made amends. So we will be awaiting your apology. The Pope has not said anything. Uh, Spain, however, said you can pound salt. Only With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They said it in Spanish in some approximation. It's time for news with the great Dave Smith. We'll be back when he's done on 570 WSYR. Thanks, sir. Uh, welcome back, gentle listener. And, and forgive me if I talk for a couple minutes about walleye. Uh, some of the stories in the news are sad or argumentative or cantankerous. And I have not yet worked up enough juice to be uh, uh, cantankerous or argumentative. I don't know what's wrong with me. I might be a court low. But uh, uh, this, uh, walleye are a wonderful fish. Uh, walleye are delicious uh, walleye put up a good fight. Uh, walleye, to be honest with you, just yesterday I was looking to buy some walleye to put in my pond. 
you know, uh, uh, often people will, you know, in a pond, you'll have some small panfish, and then they say put in some bass to keep the uh, population of, of panfish in check. The almost unavoidable outcome of that is that the bass um, out eat the panfish's uh, ability to reproduce. And so if you put bass in a pond, they en- it ends up being a bass pond, and you'll have a limited number of, of stunted bass. And, you know, everybody's different, but my thought was, I don't want that. Uh, another thing you can do to keep, you know, like your perch and uh, minnow and bluegill population, you know, where you want it, is to put in some walleye. Walleye will prey upon those fish, but in a pond they won't reproduce. Uh, They are a lake or river fish in our region. And walleye was a huge part of the Lake Erie uh, commercial fishing industry back before it collapsed from overfishing. But uh, even as far as central New York and beyond, in the uh, mid to late 1800s and very early 1900s, uh, if you ate fish, uh, there was a really good chance it was walleye and it was out of Lake Erie. And back then, the fish were of gigantic uh, proportion. And so if uh, Scanny Atlas Lake was my pond, um, I would be happy to have the walleye there. But it turns out that Scanny Atlas uh, Lake is not my pond. Um, it is a once natural uh, environment uh, with its own semi-native fishery, a fishery that, yes, is prompted and protected to preserve, you know, the interests of anglers, and the state spends an awful lot to uh, maintain its vitality. Uh, but the deal is that walleye in that lake are an invasive species. Now, the DEC says someone must have put them in there. That, of course, is not the only explanation, right? Um, the, the, you look at the many bodies of water uh, across upstate New York, you might well ask yourself, how do they all come to have fish and of the same species, right? No, I mean, uh, we can go to each one of the uh, finger lakes and we can catch you know some pickerel or muscalunge we can catch some uh, uh bluegills and pumpkin seeds probably we can catch uh some trout we can catch some what else they have in there i'm not a big lake fisherman did i say perch yet we can catch some perch how is it that those fish got in all of those lakes right they did not you know, separately evolve uh, to be identical. I mean, they did, it's not like, you know, some evolutionary process produced the perch of Seneca Lake and then uh, separately produced the identical perch of Cuca Lake. That's not what happened. Nature clearly has a system for transporting uh, fish from one lake to another, right? They did not hike overland. There was not some grand lake which slowly subsided, leaving uh, various fish stranded in what are now the Finger Lakes. When the Finger Lakes were first revealed, it was as glaciers melted and virtually none of the species which are now extant in these lakes uh, could have lived under those circumstances. 
no, uh, I am now about to answer this mystery, which I know you're pretty worked up about. It's, as you know better than I probably, it's, it's birds. Uh, birds transport fish. Um, or more correctly, uh, birds tend to transport fish eggs or fry. And it's, it's you know, you're the waterfowl. And believe it or not, what happens is uh, they'll be walking around one pond or lake or whatever else like that or swimming around or, you know, stopping to take a crap or whatever it is that draws them to lakes and ponds. And, you know, in the random probability of life, uh, somehow a fish egg or two or ten uh, or some little fish fry will get uh, caught in their feet. And then they fly away. And, you know, I suspect a certain percentage of the time those little fish eggs or fry would dry out and die, uh, becoming probably duck dandruff for all I know. But uh, what also can happen and has happened uh, over, you know, geologic time is that that duck flies over to the next lake and it lands on the water and uh, uh, the fish egg or fry, that's the little baby fish, uh, will float away and start a life in its new home. And via that means, uh, species were spread. So if the walleye has been able to spread or move, again, it's like I said, it's a river fish, you know, it can swim up this river, down that creek, over through that canal, and down into this outlet, and all of a sudden it's in a new place. But nature spreads fish. And so maybe it was dastardly folks introducing, uh, you know, invasive species, Mr. Walleye, or maybe nature is simply stocking Scaniatalus Lake uh, today with a new species. In as much as we can't get the walleye to tell us, I think we'll have to say we don't absolutely know. Mike, I'm so glad you called, sir. Welcome to 570 WSYR. Hey, Bob. Mike, frequent caller big, and big walleye fan with you. Um, I, we have some land on a trout stream that flows into Oneida Lake. Uh-huh. And um, every spring, all the walleyes come up to spawn, so there's no fish and you got to stay out of there. But you, you get it's crystal clear water, and you see thousands upon thousands of like fourteen inch walleye all in there um, laying their eggs and doing their wow. thing. It's very cool. Very. And cool. the neat thing, and the neat thing about it is ninety nine point nine percent of them go back to the lake, but just enough of them stay in our swimming holes to catch them during the summer and eat them. It's the freshest water because it's the city of Rome's drinking water. So it's kind of cool that they all migrate back, but it's just enough stay that we can catch them. You know, last. Uh, Last September, I caught a nice 18-incher, and, uh, and uh, the guy I was with ate it and put, his, put it on Facebook and all that stuff. <laughs> so, uh, Outstanding. It's, it's cool. How do you, how do you, it's, it's how do you cook how them? How do you cook them, sir? Uh, I don't cook them. That's the thing. I, I've eaten every kind of fish for some reason. I don't know why it is. I've never eaten a water, but everybody says that's the haddock of fresh water. There's nothing better. And uh, i, I got to get my brother to do it. He, he's, a, he's a chef. He owns a restaurant. But I just haven't had them yet. I've caught them. I've given them to people. i but they, they say they're absolutely the best, Bob. None better, you know? Right. They are, absolutely. Thank you for the call, Mike. Uh, walleye and perch are both very good eating. The benefit of the walleye is it's a larger fish, right? We, we like larger fish because they give us more meat. Uh, if you're ever, uh, like, if you catch a bluegill and you say, I'm going to eat this bluegill, 
you'd be surprised how little meat there is on there. Also, here's the thing, and I, I don't want to be offensive, and, and maybe you can call up and teach me a little bit about this. What I'm going to say is going to sound offensive, okay? And I apologize for that. But we need to more often eat fish like Asians and Latinos eat fish. And by Latinos, I mean people from uh, Mexico and, and, and further south, which is that the fish will be, you know, baked or something somehow, pretty much with its head cut off or maybe left on and its guts taken out. And then you sort of pick it with your fingers. And by picking it with your fingers, you get a lot more meat. But we in America mostly like to eat fish with a fork, right? Which means it has to be filleted or something like that, which means that you actually leave a fair amount of bone or or meat on the bone. And depending on the the physiology, the structure of the fish, uh, there may not be a lot of meat in that fillet thing. But like a, a bluegill in those... Um, if you pick it with your fingers, like if you, you, you go to some of these, like, uh, I don't want to say ethnic, I, I think that word's almost disrespectful, but you go to some of these, uh, uh, Asian places or real Latino places, they'll, they'll, you want fish? Yeah. And they bring you out like a fish. Okay. Now take it apart and eat it. And once you get over the, oh my gosh, I hope nobody sees meat with my fingers. There's a lot of great meat in there. It tastes wonderful. Uh, uh, so anyway, but, but the point is perch. And uh, walleye and trout, to my tongue, are about the best tasting freshwater fish, uh, period. And here's a little trick uh, that you can do with a perch is I like to take a perch and oddly just boil it and then put shrimp cocktail and dip it like shrimp cocktail sauce, you know what I'm saying, and eat it like shrimp, um, which is very, very good. Uh, your calls are next. It's time for traffic and weather on 570 WSYR. Pat, thank you so much for holding on. You're on 570 WSYR. Yes, Bob. I, I, you got me thinking about when I was very little and we lived uh, in uh, Manchester, about a quarter mile from Hill Camora. And uh, we had a large horsing operation, uh, show horses and such. And we built uh-huh. a large farm pond. And about two years after we had dug the farm pond, it was suddenly loaded with bullheads and perch. And uh, that's when I learned that birds would do this. And it just it concerns me that there's people in the DEC making money that don't know that this is how this happens. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe somebody did turn them loose, but like what? Somebody's going to say, I'm going to stock a lake? What? That'll never, I mean, it'll, it, how long till you could catch a fish? The, 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 the very real possibility of natural transfer of the species, seems like they'd know about that, right? If, if they were hired based on merit, yeah. All right, thanks. Well, uh, let me, you still there? Yeah. Uh, when you were living in Manchester, did they ever? Uh, was that in the era when they had the Manchester Shortsville Whitewater Derby? Did you ever hear of that? Yes, I he- I heard about that. I grew up there when the uh, Red Jacket School was still running. Oh, huh. Yeah. Outstanding. Did you Did you ever go to the Hillcomora pageant? Well, yes. Uh, we used to have a farm stand, and um, uh, um, the Osmonds. Used yeah. to come and buy fruits and vegetables from us. Very nice. 
Very and nice. we used to sled downhill Kimura. And yeah. the caretaker at, at, at the uh, facility there used to make us hot cocoa. Very cool. That's very. <laughs> w- w- when was this? When were you growing up back there, sir? Oh, this was 1966 through 73, maybe. Uh huh. Yeah. Very uh, cool. And, Outstanding. And gonna, I, some other time I'll discuss other strange things that they, that caretaker used to show us his scrapbooks of when he was a kid and what he was doing for the Mormons. And he, he was like 80 something years old, but it's really interesting what he well, was doing call, back when he was a kid. Call me back and tell me, I appreciate the call. The Hill Camorra is an historic site of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, used to be called Mormons. Uh, it's on Route 29. There's the Pancha, uh, Palmyra Manchester exit. Uh, it's just north of that off the thruway. And that Whitewater Derby was where all the people around there would, in the spring when the water was high and cold, make boats out of cardboard boxes and bullcrap like that and set out on the outlet. Very few of them drowned, and a, a lot of fun was had. News Then You on 570 WSYR. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.